0: while making a positive impact in your community.
1: Good morning. This is Robert Fakui, your host of the Purpose and Profitability podcast, where we believe that having a profitable purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. Good Monday morning. It's been a hot one here in Southern California. It got to about 116 on Friday, and I understand up in sunny Bakersfield, which normally is hotter than LA is it's actually cooler about 10 degrees. <laughs> I should go to Pickersfield. So Eric Yoon is back with me from Standout Marketing. And so we're going to have a great conversation, I think, today on thinking inside the box. I mm-hmm. think you all have probably heard the term think outside the box to encourage creative thinking. Well, I'm going to put a little twist to that and say think inside the box because I think we all have boundaries and constraints we have to work within within our business to be able to operate and even and grow. Whether it's legal constraints, like governmental constraints, laws of nature, religious, moral, etc., I mean, you name it. We all have some constraints that we can't change that we have to work within. So, being improving our business and operating our business in a way that does well um, sometimes can be a little challenging. So, we got to be able to be creative uh, by thinking within the box, within the constraints. How do we do better? Just like, just I said earlier, like the laws of nature. I mean, just an airplane. You know, the Wright brothers, the the first flight. You know the the constraints you have to work within was gravity, right? And mm-hmm. and the fact that as a human we're just not built to fly. And so how do you how do you fly with those kind of constraints? And so obviously as we know we have developed a fixed wing uh, plane when others were trying to kind of mimic birds, you know, having big wings and flap and stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, um, so that's just an example of kind of what we're talking about: thinking within the box is understanding your constraints. But how do you be creative and improve your situation within those constraints? So, Eric, you welcome, and how you doing?
0: Hey, Robert, good. Yeah, uh, proud moment when I looked at the, a picture my friend posted, and it was LA. It was like hundred nine, and it was only a hundred <laughs> in Bakersfield. <laughs> So no more reasons yeah. for people to to talk talk bad about Bakersfield anymore. That's all all anyone ever had on Bakersfield was the heat. So oh, really, oh.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time if it hits uh, over a hundred, will give you a call and see how how, how it is. Maybe I yeah. cruise up there. So <laughs> yeah, how you doing? Was how was your weekend? Good. It was really good. Cool. Yeah. So you ready for this topic?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love I love this topic because. Just because I, I think a lot of times creativity, um, you know, this whole concept of like, oh, like, you know, uh, uh, we're so free to do anything we want. You know, there's no there's no boundaries. We could create anything. Um, sometimes it's the opposite case where that mm-hmm. can be more overwhelming and it can actually restrain your creativity. Yeah. But sometimes creativity best flows when you're in a box and when you're focused. Um, I always tell people, like, creativity is not something you get by focusing on it you know you don't get creative by being more trying to be more creative mm-hmm. you get creative when you have a focus and then mm-hmm. creativity just rides on that on that focus yeah. so if you really have a focus on oh i really need to increase my sales or else we're going to have to close our business. Then your creativity flows, you know, and mm-hmm. um, sometimes the box helps like, let's say like in music, um, I used when I was uh, producing, I would have, you know, hundreds of gigabytes of sounds and actually I would get less done and get less creative <laughs> because I was so busy trying to figure out, Oh, I have all these tools, you know, but sometimes if you just have like four or five, you know, you have uh, more room to get creative and explore Mm-hmm. you know, those, um, those strings
1: and, and Yeah. So understanding your limitations um, actually yeah. helps kind of, kind of almost like uh, having less uh, options is yeah. probably better. Cause I think it does, does get overwhelming when you're thinking about all the potential options you have. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, one of the, I guess, typical uh, scenarios or uh, complaints or issues that a business are going to have is about, Improving their business situation, whether it's growing through uh, marketing, sales, or increasing their capacity for production or whatever, but then you have limited capital or resources to invest into that growth. Mm-hmm. You know, so so what do we do? So let's just start with uh, with marketing, because you know, since since Eric, you're, you're a marketer as well. So let's start with marketing with no budget. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you do? It? How do you how do you get better? How do you get more customers when you have a limited budget? You can't do some of the marketing or even some of the cool digital marketing um, strategies that some of the bigger companies that have or other companies that have might have a bigger budget. Um, so what do you do? So first thing I always say is like, who do you know?
0: Mm-hmm. You, know you don't
1: always have to do, uh, you don't have to do what everybody else is doing. Right. Number one. And you just work within your constraints. So if you don't have mm-hmm. a big budget, either you learn. One of the great things about digital marketing is it's pretty much free. You just have to know how to do it. <laughs> right yeah uh-huh. um i mean there's great ways to get free photos like license uh um, what do you call those licensed photos yeah you know yeah stock photos and stuff like that um and you know as far as using social media and understanding you know if you know how to code a little bit or even getting just templates free templates and stuff you can download for mm-hmm. websites and, and all that kind of all those things so there's things that you can a lot of things you can do for free if you know how to do it mm-hmm. um but you don't if you don't have that time or or our knowledge to do that, then just there's old school methods that still work, right? Mm -hmm. Just, just good old fashioned networking. So, so that would be an example, just when the marketing, you know, the marketing, there's a lot of things that is available for free or very low cost to do. You just Mm -hmm. have to understand, you know, what it is and and just do it well. Yeah. So I don't know if you have anything to add on on that front.
0: Yeah. I think a cheap way, if you have no budget, something that costs little money is, I mean, definitely social media. That's, um, you know, um, obviously a big topic in business, uh, just whatever kind of business you have, but, um, and like a small rebrand and rebrand meaning like, like just go back to some of your key values and just market based on your values, you know, uh, create some content or talk about, you know, how your values tie into your business Mm-hmm. And then, uh, just create like a, so, so for example, let's say there's know, a clothing brand that is, um, that is focused on, I don't know, that has kind of like a social entrepreneurship model and they want to help homeless people in town or whatever. And let's mm-hmm. say it's like a, you know, and they want to focus on like a local thing, you know, you could start, um, just putting out stats of like you know, just, um, just homelessness stats or whatever it is, and just start kind of rebranding and uh, not just trying to go after shirt sales, but, you know, um, just go back into the values of who you are and communicate that. And I think that's just a different approach you could take. Um, but I think just a, a simple rebrand that won't cost a lot of money. Just every day post something mm-hmm. on you know, social media, something yeah. like that can definitely help.
1: Yeah. And these days, especially making videos, you know, videos are, are great for social media. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the phone these days, the resolution on, on on smartphones these days are so good that yeah. uh, that as well as there's a lot of free apps, editing, video editing apps. I've downloaded quite a few and I've used, I mean, they do some really sharp stuff and create some one minute promos or, you know, mm-hmm. longer or longer scenes, I think it goes from, you know, one minute promos to, you know, you can create a whole, and edit a whole movie. <laughs> and, so, yeah. and so I've seen some of these apps that are pretty good, just even just for the free version. Um, mm-hmm. So there's things like that. If you're smart and have good content, I think that's going to work well. Um, strategic alliances, I always stress when it comes to mm-hmm. marketing, strategic alliances, partner, you know, not, not a formal contract or anything, but partner with another company that reaches their same target market but you provide more complementary services that you can co-market each other or maybe share resources and kind of uh, go in or go in together on a, some kind of joint venture and, and do a business together. So there's a lot of different ways where you can partner with other companies um, mm-hmm. in some kind of strategic fashion and leverage each other's networks and resources to, to build and to market. And so those are some things that people don't do as often but are very powerful tools and big companies, big corporations do that all the time. And so in the pharmaceutical industry where I came from, as well as Disney and McDonald's had big strategic alliances for a while. And it's just, you know, on and on and on. There's a lot of strategic alliances out there. People just aren't, don't think about it. But if you open up your eyes and start thinking how corporations work together, um, you'll start getting some ideas for you. If it works for big corporations, it'll definitely work for small businesses. (laughs) In fact, that's how some of these small businesses have got to big big levels mm-hmm. by developing strategic alliances. So yeah. inexpensive, basically it's essentially free for the most part. It's just working together with other companies. Mm-hmm. So that's, those would be some quick suggestions on the marketing side of how to, to increase when you have limited resources. Then there's on the production side, like restaurants or any, any business that's producing a fixed product or even uh, producing some kind of service, or like I said, like a restaurant, um, you know, a lot of times they're at their production capacity, so maybe they've um, they're kind of tapped out as far as manpower, um, and but they don't have more capital to invest into more equipment to increase the production capacity or hire more employees to be able to handle the increased demand. Um, so, you know, th- that's where I see a lot of businesses get stuck in that area. And so, what I've seen is that um, typically their margins are too small. The reason why they don't have enough capital to invest into what they need to increase their capacity is because their margin is too small. They're charging, either charging too little. Uh, Basically at the end of the day, their Mm costs and their prices are too close together. So there's no margin, right? So when you're, your price and your, your your costs, obviously to make profit, you have to have more money left over. So what you charge and what you, what you have to pay in expenses have to be, there have to be some margin there to make a profit. Right. Um, so basically you have to increase those margins somehow, whether that's through increase in price or somehow lowering your costs, whether it's cutting costs or in the case of um, when you're dealing with a t- something that you're producing even in a restaurant or producing some kind of product or service is that you have to maybe streamline your um production efforts. Maybe the employees, you have people in the wrong spots that aren't being as productive. So just even rearranging personnel to make them more productive, um, that right. will increase that will decrease costs in a sense because it's gonna increase your production capacity. That means you can turn out more product, um, uh, more more food, more dinner, more entrees out. Um other products faster with the same amount of time so then that'll increase your margin so little things like that so figure out a way how do you increase your margin if you don't have the capital to invest into new equipment or hire more employees or whatever it is to increase your production capacity then you have to look at your margins clearly your margin is yeah. too small because if you're at your production capacity it means you have the ability to make a good enough profit to be able to reinvest mm-hmm. because you're busy right yeah but if you're maxed out that means that you're just not charging enough or, and or you're um you're just being inefficient in your yeah. in your production part so looking at margins just look at the margin and figure out how do we increase those margins i mean, that's where you got to be creative <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. so whenever i look at yeah. good
0: yeah i was just gonna say i like that um yeah um, it definitely you know people think of of artistic you know and a lot of times people equate the two to make them synonymous but you know they're so different um they, they they're they're linked but they're not they're not the same thing you know and i think especially in business it's important to learn how to create you know just in an administration or create new ideas and things like that mm-hmm. so i just like that you're talking about you know just rearranging some some things in administration or in the back end or with costs and yeah, that's that's really good because I think at the heart of it, the creativity is really it's really being able to ask the questions, what if or why not, mm-hmm. you know. And if you can ask those questions, and, and um, you know, I think that's how you get creative solutions. Is they're yeah. willing to ask the questions, not everyone's asking.
1: <clears throat> yeah, and and in production, so some people might think, oh, that's not my kind of business. But I'd mm-hmm. say every business is a production business. I mean, you and I, yeah. we produce a service for clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so as especially for those that are in startup mode or just kind of basically solopreneurs, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, so Eric, you know, you're by yourself. And for me, I just, it's, it's you know, primarily just me. And so to ever really increase our capacity to produce, to do more services, what do we do? So you start outsourcing some of the things that keep us busy, whether it's bookkeeping or some admin. Uh, eventually, you start hiring someone part-time, maybe taking an intern or something as you start working people in. Um, so you have to start unloading some of these, um, the busy work so that you can yeah. focus on just productive work. And then mm-hmm. eventually, you might be subcontracting some of the work like, you know, I do with you on the marketing side, start subcontracting some of the work so I can increase my capacity to do more and eventually start hiring, right? So you go through a series of steps of saying, okay, we've got to unload some of the busy work, right? So even though you might have to pay somebody to do it, but now it allows me more time to do more productive work that brings in revenue, Mm -hmm. right? But if I'm doing everything, (laughs) then I'll reach capacity. And so you just have to be able to bite the bullet and say, hire somebody out, Unload some of this work, so then I can do more, do more productive work, brings up revenue, and then you start mm-hmm. subcontracting other people that can do more of the work with you, and then eventually start hiring, and so on and so forth. So yeah. that's why you start, start getting creative about that. Is like, okay, what do we got to do? How do we unload some of the busy work, and how do we increase our capacity to do more work, and, and so on and so forth. So, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of things. A lot of times, uh, companies, smaller businesses are always complaining about. You know, competing against big big brands, the like, guy can't compete against the big brands because they have yeah. the big budgets. Whether it's marketing or just operations, just they have the best equipment and, and you name know, it. Just the the list, the, the laundry list goes on and on and on. Um, so there's, a, but there's a lot of ways where small business can really compete against the big brands. There's, a, you know, no company, no matter how big or small, can be great at everything, number one. Mm-hmm. So it's really about identifying what are you good at, what are you really good at, and just focus on that. Being with speed of change, personalized service, response times, being right. able to customize what you deliver, whether it's your product or your service, um, you know, and just really be able to respond to the changing needs and desires of customers. Right. So those are some of the things small business can do really well is really be nimble and respond faster. Mm-hmm. And so just capitalize on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So one of the examples I I have is I like to use a lot and Netflix, you know, now they're more of a digital online service, but when they first started, they were basically a mail subscription service. Mm -hmm. And so how does a small company at the time, a startup compete against at the time blockbuster, which was the big company, which is the big brand. Well, it was taking advantage of the change in technology and the, and the uh, delivery of videos. Right, so before when they had those big VHS tapes, I don't know if for those of you, you're, I don't know if you're too young for that, <laughs> but when they had those big no, VHS tapes, collection, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that's that's how people watched videos, you know, record and watch videos, mm-hmm. and then then the DVDs came out, so now you get the small little disc, thin disc that can be easily and inexpensively mailed. Mm-hmm. So Netflix went to the mail subscription model. Which now, you know, a couple of things that happen that they don't have to have these brick and mortar stores in high priced, high lease locations. They mm-hmm. just need to have a warehouse and distribution center in the cheapest part of town, basically. Right. That's where usually yeah. the warehouses are and the, the rent is cheaper because um, all you, they have to do is mail. You know, customers don't mm-hmm. come to them. They send a product to them, so taking advantage of those little things um, really set them apart. And obviously, Blockbusters isn't around anymore. And then even yeah. the video rental market changed to go from, right. even from the DVD. Now it's, it's all online, right? And so I'm a Netflix subscriber, but we just you know we subscribe for it online just to watch it straight on our TV. We don't have to get the mail anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then Dell beat HP and IBM at the time. When it was on service. Mm-hmm. Right? How does a small company? go against the big boys, it's like sometimes it's focusing on the little things like service. And mm-hmm. that's how they outdid the big guys, was just beating them on service. So being creative and innovative doesn't have to be you know, thinking about technology things or you know, doesn't have to be so techy or some complicated. It can be something just very basic as service. Mm-hmm. So finding out what are you really good at, and that's how you compete against the big brands. Is just yeah. really identifying where you're really good at and just go for it.
0: Yeah. Talk about Netflix. Like, what do you think is the, cause it seems like it's not just one. I mean, it's not just one idea like going from brick and mortar to subscription and mailing because, and then they went to online and now they're doing original series and making even more money and they're just killing it in the whole industry. But yeah, what do you think is like, you know, the, the thing that's helping them keep on staying ahead? Like what's the well they're kind of drawing from, do you think?
1: Well, I, I don't know internally, but just observing is that, they're just continually innovating and investing into the next thing. Uh, Obviously Mm -hmm. when they first started out, they were, they clearly saw the market trend and where things were going. Mm -hmm. And so they, they were, they stayed, they got in front of it and capitalized on it. And then as they were even getting um, hit by some competition, like Redbox, Mm -hmm. that they really started and you started to see the online streaming was growing. I mean, they really took advantage of that. Um, you know, there's also, I know, technologies that behind the scenes that people didn't really, that also didn't understand or couldn't capitalize. You know, when Blockbuster went to the mail orders uh, mail orders um, uh, system as well, they couldn't compete against Netflix because Netflix actually had a patented, um, basically almost like an AI at the time, which wow. is, you know, there's basically you, um, you know, when you sign up for Netflix back in the day is you basically list the kind of the genre of movies that you like and sometimes even the titles what are your top 10 titles that you want so basically as when you mail you know when you mail you return the movie that the one or two movies that you had rented that as it gets returned you know bar there's barcoded scan and all that the computer just avanak knows what to ship out right away so you would get your new movie within a couple days so it was a very yeah. quick turnaround because they kind of took some of the manual process out of it because it's already in the system of what you prefer. Yeah. And then as soon as it's returned, the system just picks out the next movie that you like on your list. Mm-hmm. So they basically had, you know, essentially like an AI type thing. And it, right. It's very rudimentary, but essentially, and it kind of, it kind of grew from that. So even now, That's so, mm-hmm. when you're looking at Netflix now, you notice that they'll have picks for you. So based yeah, yeah. on the kind of movies you've watched in the past, guess what mm-hmm. they put up movies that are similar in genre to what you watched right. previously to say, Hey, you might like this. Right. Yeah. So they kind of went from, you know, on the, the DV side, and just kind of brought that into, yeah. you know, what is your personal preference? How to basically catering to your personal preferences yeah. um, is kind of their, their competitive advantage. Yeah. Uh, and some of it is patented. So you, you know, not yeah. everybody can copy that. They can try it and mimic it as much as possible. But at the end of the day, some of that stuff is patented.
0: Yeah yeah I, yeah because it sounds like because when i was thinking about it i was like i think it's a user experience that they really understand their users and what their users want and then they go ahead of them to say oh i know what you want here's what you're going to want you know in two years you know and yeah. this is going to really um and help you and I, and I think that's what it is it's like what do they want they wanted you know more convenience they didn't want to go out of the house and you know, like you were saying, it's like, everything's at their fingertips and just the way the navigation is within Netflix is the mm-hmm. reason why I use Netflix instead of Amazon. It's because it's not like this, they have better movies. Um, for me, it's more of the navigation thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I just like yeah. how it's, it's just really easy to go from place to place, but I think that's something, Yeah. you know, they really focus on. And all well, that like information how you earlier.
1: Yeah. mm mm-hmm. And I all like that information earlier, no, you know, sorry, just, go ahead. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I just
0: like how you say earlier, um, Get creative within certain areas. Whether it's you know, are you more creative in speed? Are you more creative in um, response time? Or you know, what's the thing that's really you know um, that's driving you? Because um, there's one guy I like to listen to, and um, he was talking about Uber. His name is Gary Vaynerchuk. He talks about how Uber, you know, destroyed the whole industry just on the on the concept of of time and speed. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, basically that's the reason why people use Uber. Say, let's do something that. Get, give people more control and save time for people. And mm-hmm. that one thing is how it, you know, it destroyed a whole industry pretty much. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, and, you know, going back to <clears throat> the, the Netflix thing too, you know, the, the, what they're doing is they're they're seeing what the customers want, right? With all the technology they have, all the information they gather, that's yeah. what the customers want. So, you know, you said customer experience. So I think it's a great lesson for any kind of business is what is the, how do you develop a good customer experience? How do you get good information, feedback from your customer so you can deliver something to them of higher and higher value so they stick around, right? That's one of the keys to customer attention is making sure you're constantly delivering value, but it's also constantly being uh, in communication with your customer and getting feedback from them, good feedback Mm -hmm. from them so you can continue to develop and deliver a better, uh, better product and service. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of those, new, those little things, right? It was, it's not just the, the delivery method that is their competitive advantage mm-hmm. with Netflix or Uber. It is whatever customer experience that they feel is important or they're, that their understanding is important to their customer. Right. So whether it's Uber or Netflix or Dell or Snapchat, whatever, it's getting that constantly getting that good feedback from your customer so you can deliver a better service. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just a great um, – so when it comes to you know, going back to even just what we're talking about with the title of this, Thinking Inside the Box, yeah. how to improve your business, whether it's from a marketing angle or operational angle or whatever, it's just survey the very people, the very stakeholders that you're serving, whether it's mm-hmm. your customer or whether it's your employees, because even your employees can deliver good feedback of how to improve the operation how to become mm-hmm. more efficient, right? Because they're doing the day-to-day. And so they know better than anybody else within the company how to be more efficient at their job, yeah. right? So the more even good feedback you get internally, that'll improve your internal processes, which will drive costs down and mm-hmm. increase your margin. And then on the back, on the other end, with your customer, getting good feedback from them is what, what do they want? You know, what will increase um, their customer experience, improve their customer experience?
0: Yeah,
1: So sometimes, you know, really take uh, the advantages and innovations are just simple. It's just finding that one thing and being excellent at it. (laughs) Yeah, like most of the time. (laughs) Yeah, it's really simple. It does. It actually kind of always boils back to that. Mm -hmm.
0: And it's cool, I think like a big, a big part of it is like team dynamic, like whether you get your whole team together or bring people from outside, but brains working together is such a powerful thing, you know, and the synergy that happens mm-hmm. when you have, um, just people who, who want your business to grow when you get those mm-hmm. brains together, mm-hmm. even if they're not, and not everyone's known to be creative mm-hmm. when they get together, like there's like a magic that happens, yeah. you know? Uh, I know the first company I worked with, we would always whiteboard for our clients as a team. And that's what I loved about my boss is he didn't have just him and him and another guy or we had everyone, the designer, you know, everyone go in there. We whiteboarded for our clients and it was fun because, you know, we bounce off each other and there's Mm -hmm. just some magic that happens. And then, you know, you just, yeah, it's, it's really fun. And it's, I think it's really effective to bring in other brains (laughs) to the process.
1: Yeah, and people with different experiences and backgrounds and um, skill sets, yeah, they don't always have to be the same. So, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be all just the finance people or all just the marketing people or all, you know, just the operations people. Just bring everybody from cross sections because,
0: yeah,
1: um, you, you do. You know, ideas from different people and different thought processes, it re- really does help and it creates a little right. bit more of a, uh, creative experience. Mm-hmm. So, cool. So any parting thoughts before we sign off? No, just ask
0: those questions. What if?
1: Why not? And take the risk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, you just got to do it. <laughs> yeah, you got to do it. <laughs> just like what you do when you just get in the car. When you get in the car, Eric, you just go. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to go. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, hopefully, this was helpful with others. Um, just, it's always great to just do some brainstorming and all that. I, I think what we ended with, but um, think within the box. Knowing your constraints, we all work within constraints, but how to work around that. And how to be creative and innovative within those constraints. And you'll be, that's how you're, you're going to take your business to the next level. So, thank you, everyone, again, for listening for the, to this uh, Purpose and Profitability podcast. If you have any questions or topics that you'd like to hear more about, email me directly at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61businessdevelopment.com. Or go to the Facebook page, Purpose and Profitability. And tune again next week as we go live. So thanks again for listening. This is Robert Fakui. And remember, purpose plus profit equals transformation. God bless. Have a cool week, everyone. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit purposeandprofit.com.